0: The following is a Westminster Seminary, California, morning devotion given by the Reverend Dr. Craig Troxell. For more information about this message or about Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online at wscal.edu or call 888-480-8474. Online, wscal.edu or call 888-480-8474. So we return again to John chapter 1. And today we'll be looking at verses 12 and 13. John chapter 1 and verses 12 and 13 are of particular interest to to us this morning, but let's begin at verse 1 again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Amen. Let us pray. Our gracious God and our Father, we do... Bless your name because you are the one who by your spirit so graciously have given to us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to believe. And we pray that you would continue, Father, to grant to us believing hearts that we would accept your word for us, a word that this world so desperately needs to hear. And so we pray, Father, that you would equip us to be faithful ambassadors who bring forth the word of this Word become flesh, the eternal Son of God, your Son and our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Uh, In 2004, uh, a most amazing thing happened. Uh, Some of you may remember back that far because you're so young. Uh, In 2004, uh, the movie Napoleon Dynamite came out. And this was just the most curious thing in the world, because here is a movie, very low budget. The main actor only got paid $1,000 initially until it hit the big time. Uh, but the story revolves around this guy who is, you know, the nerd of all nerds. Uh, comes from this very bizarre family. Uh, of a guy who has few friends and no skills, as, as he would say. Uh, who clearly is on the fringes. And what was amazing to me was how popular that movie was at this high school camp I used to speak at every summer. And speaking to so many of the young people, what was interesting to me, the, the character everybody identifies with in that movie is Napoleon. And I think it's because it taps into something. It taps into this, um, this desire to belong, uh, to want to be accepted, and to, and to become someone or something that you're not. Somebody special and recognizing you don't have it in yourself or your, your friend group. And what's interesting about our passage this morning is, for the first time in the prologue, we we get a glimpse into what is the benefit of perceiving who the Word is. Uh, The first time that we get to see of something that He gives and He offers to those who, who receive Him. Last time we saw what happened to the fact that most people do not receive Him, do not acknowledge the Word for who He is. But what about those who do? And that's what this passage is about This morning, that even though many did not receive the word, whether it's in the world or among his very own, there's some that do. And John tells us that to all who received him, to all who believed in him, he gave the right to become children of God. That is to say, to receive the Son of God is to be received into the family of God. This is an amazing thing. To accept him is to be accepted. And when we think of family, there's only two ways you can become part of a family. It's either by birth or by adoption. And clearly what it's talking about here is birth, what you and I would call the second birth, or being born again, regeneration, uh, we would call it. But what we want to notice is this. It says that he gave the right, he gave the right to enter into this new birth, into this, this new status. And you see, that's very contrary to what the message is for the world. From the world to gain status uh, in the world, it says, "Well, you need to join this club. You need to become part of this society, or become part of this this gang, or these this group of friends." And to get into many of these groups, uh, the membership fee can be very, very high. Now, symbolically, we could we could communicate it this way: If you want to become a member of the Bighorn Golf Club here in Palm Desert, California, uh, the initial membership fee is only three hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. It's incredible. Not many of us here are members of that golf club, I know. But in terms of the world to join some friend groups, become part of some societies or gangs, the cost is just as high. You will have to sacrifice everything to become part of that group. You have to do something to become part of that group. And if joining is a challenge, you know, retaining your membership there, staying in there, uh, that's no guarantee either. That can be just as difficult, if not more shaky. That same golf club by the way the annual dues are $27,000 a year in Philadelphia my um, medical doctor was a was a Jewish man and he knew I was a pastor he'd always say silly things one day he came in he's checking me out and he says well I have decided it's, I'm pretty sure that there is no God and I said well I need to start working on my CV if that's the case but one time he came in he says how do you get your people to pay their dues I said what he says, well, at the synagogue, you know, we get an annual invoice. How to you get your people to pay their dues? You know, their annual membership dues. And I said, that's not the way it, it works. And he was astounded at the fact that people gave because they wanted to. They loved to. But you see, he was coming from a perspective of, of the world. You have to do something and you have to continue to, to show up and pay your membership fees and all that. But that's not what's it's being said here. It says the word gave this, this right. And it's a right. In other words, this is something legit. The word here is authority. It's the same word that is used in, in Matthew 10 where Christ, it says that Christ gave his disciples the authority over unclean spirits. It's the same word that appears in the Great Commission that all authority is given to me in heaven and earth and therefore I'm sending you. So the idea here is, it's because of the one who gives us right, it means you truly belong. This is coming from the very top and saying, look, you are a part of this. You're given a right to all these privileges of what you've become. You've become part of the family of God. This is an amazing statement that we have here. And that's why for so many Christians, you know, this idea of joining this family of God, this is not a metaphor, this is real. And a sister in Christ in Philadelphia who joined our church and she was from Mexico. And when she became a Christian, she was kicked out of the house. I mean literally, physically removed from her house. No longer allowed to, to go back home. At least not until she converted her father and her brother. But for some people who come to us, this, this is everything for them. And it's the first time they, they felt like they really belonged to, some, to something wonderful. It's all because of what they've become. They've become a child of God. And you see, part of the emphasis here is how you become a child of God. This is, this is everything, as opposed to what the world says or every other religion on the planet which says you have to do something in order to attain this, this special place. You, you have to pay something. You have to sacrifice something. And this comes out in spades. Um, in young readers' literature. You have to, if you want to become someone, you have to do so by doing something special or by realizing the potential that was always there within you. Right? You, you thought you were just a normal person. You never realized, like Tris, that you were actually divergent. You know, or that you were an airbender, perhaps even an avatar. You thought you were just an ordinary panda uh bearer that, that loved Kung Fu. No, you were the reincarnation of the, of the dragon uh, dragon warrior. And maybe the greatest example of all, which, which is why I think these books tapped into something real, is that you were just another orphan boy until the sorting hat put you into the right house so you could become a really great wizard. And those books tapped into something, something very real, some, a thirst Within, and in one sense, the message is, is innocuous, it's fine, that you have potential, you know, and you need to work at those things, look at those things, but on a deeper level, if this is the philosophy of life, that's telling us that, no, the power lies within you. All that pe- potential is, is within you. You can do it, you just have to discover it. It's all right there. But in, see, in real life, people know this is not true. And they wake up to it eventually. And they stop lying to themselves. Even the most talented, uh, the most secure, the strongest people around us eventually discover this that they do not have it within. Like Louis Zamperini uh, from Unbroken Fame, a true story. From the outside, he looked like this, this guy was just indomitable, indestructible, unstoppable. But that's not what was happening within, it was caving. Until 1949, at a Billy Graham crusade, when he accepted Christ and underwent this transformation. It's like a man I talked to just, just two weeks ago who found out I was a preacher. And that's usually the point of the conversation where it just it stops, you know. And he says, A preacher? He says, Wow, I'm glad you're here. I've been looking for something. And what he realized, and this is a man who had seen lots of things and was doing important work, but it, it's not there. He's looking within, and there's, there's something that is not there. And that's the whole point of the Beatitudes. Beatitudes begin by saying, okay, let's go within, let's look within, let's see what we see. This is blessed are those who are honest, who look within and realize that when you look within, and what you see, it causes you to do What? To see that you're poor in spirit. You're not rich in all this potential and all these these gifts and all these things. No, you're poor. And therefore, that's why you mourn. You mourn because you you see what's not there. You're not rejoicing in all this unrealized potential that you have and all that you can do. And that's why it's meant to drive you to do what? To hunger and thirst for something that is not inside of you, it's outside of you. It's meant to drive you down, to drive you outside of yourself, and to hunger and thirst for a righteousness that, that you and I cannot attain in ourselves. That's the point. And that's why God is saying here. Do not misunderstand how this takes place. He gives the right to become a child of God. You don't become part of this family on your own. This is not by man's choice. That's why it's... It's underlining this point. This is not by our choice. This is not by our, our own efforts. You cannot make this change in your own strength. You can't even receive Christ by your own wisdom. This is not by blood. It's not based upon ethnicity. This is not a birthright. This is why Christ gets into it with his Jewish audience in, in John chapter 8. And they say, we're not slaves. We're not illegitimate children. We're Abraham's children. What does Christ say? He says, no, you're like everyone else. By nature, you're a child of the devil. This is not through natural means. This is why Jesus says in Nicodemus, how can you not understand this? The teacher of Israel, this is so fundamental. This is so so basic. Children of God are spiritual children. They're born of God by the power of God. By the will of God, it takes nothing less than the power of God to bring about this incredible radical change. It's a change so great that no other vocabulary really gets at it except for birth. And what scripture is telling us here, that's not even good enough. It is a new birth. This is radically different. That portrays how radical the steps are that need to be taken. That's what exposes just how lost we are within ourselves and how blind and how powerless And so we have to depend upon God for this work. We depend upon him to confirm this sonship. Only he can confer these level of privileges, this becoming a child of God, this new beginning, this transformation. This is all his doing. It's all his work. Which means we can only receive a gift like this in one way. It's by faith. It's a gift. This is not earned. It's not purchased. It's not deserved. It's received by faith. But look what this faith opens up to all who receive Christ. To receive Christ is to be received into a new family. It's to walk into a vast new world. To do so with a new heart, a new mind, new desires, but also a new status and a new family. And to be received into something from which we can never be turned away to be brought into a family where we will never be rejected and never abandoned. This is why God keeps telling us again and again in Scripture, you are not orphans. You're not strangers. You're children, children of God. And it's not just our, our privilege to approach God. What is it saying? This is our right. We have a right to all these privileges, of God's children, a right to a father who who loves you and accepts you as his very own. And you are always welcome to him. You can always draw near to him, not by nature, but by grace. But you can draw near to him, even when you sin. In those moments when you and I are tempted to say, well, he will want nothing to do with me now. Look what I did. I've made another mess of everything. But what our text is telling us, no, we have privileges wasn't that we have this right to come to him for what every child expects of his or her father, to come with our cares, whether they're great or small, to come with all of our fears, to come with our requests, to come with our sin, and to come with our tears, and to pour out our hearts before him in repentance and in faith, Then to stop and to hear again those promises that speak of his compassion, that he remembers our frame, he knows how fragile and how weak we are to hear those promises that speak of forgiveness and healing, of his faithfulness, and to leave his presence with that that peace that that floods our hearts, that we rediscovered joy that we have, that renewed sense of his great love for us, and then it's a spirit who comes rushing in And speaks to us and testifies to our hearts of who we are. Not what we were, but who we are right now. And what we have. Not what we lack, but what we have in Christ. These are legitimate claims. And he's telling us this is our our entitled place as his children. This is where we belong. And this is what we have received in Christ. Because we believe in Christ. And we believe that his death is our death. And we believe that his resurrection is our life. We believe that his salvation is our righteousness. And we believe all of his promises are true. And so we receive him, those promises. We receive his truth. We receive his spirit. We receive anything that is his. And he says it is ours. And so we're always welcome in his family. The good news is that nothing, nothing will ever change that. Let's pray. Our gracious God and our Father, we thank you for your word. What a privilege it is to to carry this word to those around us who want to belong, who want to be loved and accepted. You desperately need to hear this word of grace. Oh, Father, help us to be faithful to that. But help us also to be believers who accept this word for ourselves, especially in those moments when we doubt your truth, and, and therefore we doubt our status and our place before you. Help us to always, every day, to look to Christ, our Savior, our elder brother, and to the sweetness and the greatness of all these promises that are ours in him. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Copyright Westminster Seminary, California, 2019. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.